Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Um, this week is going to get a little spicy. We've got multiple story times. So for those who love my story times, you picked a great episode to press play on. It's also why we switched up the music this week. Shout out to James for that idea. Um, and quite frankly, I am shocked that more than four people are listening to this. So thank you guys for listening and returning. And yeah, super appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Let's dive in. So the topic this week is inspired by a conversation that I had the other night with a friend at dinner. And I was telling her about this man that I love. And while I was telling the story of us, I just watched her eyes get really big and she raised her eyebrows too many times. And then she said, I'm not judging. I just don't want you to get hurt. And before I dive into the real topic, I do just want to briefly say, if you have to start a sentence with a disclaimer such as I'm not judging or no offense, you are judging and you are being offensive. Like literally the fact that you're putting but after it, like I'm not judging, but the but negates what you just said. If you say no offense, but that negates no offense and everything following the but is offensive or a judgment. And honestly, like some friends need judgment. Some friends need that tough love. Like if you and I are on a level where you know, either if I'm the person that needs it or you're the person that needs it. But as long as our friendship is one that can sustain the tough love, I have no problem with my friends just coming out and saying like, hey, I think you're an idiot. I think you're making terrible decisions. I think this relationship is awful for you. I don't support this at all. And I think you're going to get hurt and I'm concerned. You know, fine, say that. But don't say I'm not judging you. Well, like your facial features and everything is saying that you are judging me you know like come on now this friend is not the first friend to be concerned about this relationship (laughs) um all of my friends have round about the same opinion so if you guys want to connect with each other and commiserate about my romantic interests i'm happy to connect you guys feel free um you know go wild but i do want to mention that the whole approach of I don't want you to get hurt or I don't want to see you get hurt it often comes off as false concern that allows you to be judgmental like you truly want to just come out and say I think you're an idiot but if you just come out and say that it's probably going to come off really mean so you preface it by saying I care about you and I don't want you to get hurt but I think you're kind of being an idiot please see reason here you know and it's one of those things where you totally said the same thing. And honestly, my question is, why don't you want me to get hurt? Because pain is where growth happens. Like really and truly, if you sit right now and you think for a minute back on your entire life to all of the biggest 
life lessons, moments that formed you as a person, decisions that you have made, the things that you have learned. It's like the moment that you go back to that says that is the moment that I realized that I was a people pleaser and decided to stop doing that. Or that is when I realized I was being taken advantage of and I wasn't going to allow that anymore. Or that is the reason that I realized that I didn't know who I was and I needed to go out and figure out who I am and what I like and what I want. I would guess that most of those moments involved some type of pain or discomfort, right? Because growth happens outside of your comfort zone. So I almost feel like if you're trying to give me advice that's going to stop me from experiencing pain, you are almost effectively saying that you don't want me to grow and you don't want me to learn. And honestly, this is a big reason of why I don't want to be a parent because I feel like parents get amnesia. It's like as soon as you have a kid, you forget how hard life is and how hard the world is and your entire existence becomes about protecting this human from anything that could ever possibly hurt them and just trying to keep them away, trying to to protect their innocence and keep them that way forever. And that's just not realistic. That's not life. And for most of us, it's the things that our parents did to try to shield and protect us from pain and the realities of the world that end up causing us the most pain. I am not suggesting that anyone starts seeking out painful experiences. I mean, if you enjoy being hurt and you start looking for it, please get help immediately. But for those that are actively trying to avoid it, I promise that your life will be a lot easier once you accept the fact that pain is just a part of life. It is part of the process. To all of the Christians out there who may be similar to me, I was taught growing up that there was a direct correlation between my sin and blessings. So I believed that any negative thing happening in my life, like moving away or even the small stuff like spilling my coffee or stubbing my toe, I believed those were punishments from God for like a lie that I told the previous week or something. And I believed that every good thing that happened in my life, like when I got into the college I wanted to go to and whenever I got a boyfriend, I thought those were blessings that were rewarding me for going to church and reading my Bible. And it took years of pain and confusion, hard conversations, prayer, and different experiences for me to understand that that's not how God works at all. Being a Christian is not about doing the right thing and following the Ten Commandments. It's about grace. It's about understanding that we make mistakes and we will continue to make mistakes as long as we live. But finding peace in our relationship with Christ, knowing that we can go to him when we mess up, when we're confused, when we're hurting, when we're angry, when we're happy and we want to celebrate and knowing that he'll never leave us. We weren't promised a life without pain. We were promised God's support. Think about how the fight or flight system in the body works, right? Like fear is an emotion that 
signals your brain that something is wrong. And it's like when you're in certain situations, like there are certain feelings or like your body tensing up, if you get goosebumps or your hair standing on end, like all of that is saying something to you. And pain does the same thing where like if you are repeatedly in relationships where you're feeling lesser, you're feeling anxious, eventually you're going to notice that because you're going to be in relationships where you don't feel that. Like you're going to be in relationships where you feel excited and at peace. It's the the juxtaposition of having experienced a healthy relationship and an unhealthy relationship that your brain now knows the one that you want to look for. Whereas if you've only ever experienced one or the other, then you don't have the other side of it to know what changes you want to make and what you want to pursue. I also think when it comes to relationships, particularly romantic relationships, either our own or those that we watch our friends go through, we have to remember that like people are looking for different things. We are not our friends. Um, There is a girl in my small group who is really, really bad at hiding her opinions. Like everything is very clearly written on her face. And so I struggle with wanting to share things with her because she's constantly judging and she's a lot younger than me. And I remember being like in my early twenties and saying, you know, hearing people tell stories and just thinking like, oh, that would never happen to me. Like I would never be in that situation because I'm so great and I'm a perfect little Christian and I've got Jesus and Jesus would never let me struggle like that and blah, blah, blah. And Um, You know, Jesus sure taught me that I was wrong, but I feel like a lot of it comes from, first of all, you never know what you would do until you are in the situation. I do not care how good at empathizing you think you are. You absolutely have no idea how you're going to react and respond to something until it happens to you. But also two people can go through the same thing and react to it completely differently because they are different people and their brains process information differently. So I think that we all need to keep that in mind when we are talking to our friends and listening to our friends. So specifically the conversation that I was having at dinner, because I know half of you already know and the other half of you are like, why didn't you tell us? Um, Okay, so I'm in love with this man who is emotionally unavailable and is also a recovering addict, which, yeah, I know, red flags, red flags, I'm aware, okay? So first of all, we are not dating. He is not my boyfriend. The most accurate title I could use for it is a situationship. It's like more than friends, but less than dating. We also are not interested in dating each other. Like we've been very clear about that, very open about that. Another thing that goes into this and just being able to share about my experiences with people is that so many of us women, specifically Christian women, were taught growing up that the purpose of dating is to find a husband. And I very, I vividly remember my youth pastor saying in a sermon one day, like, 
if you're dating someone and you know that it's not your husband, stop dating him because you're stopping him from finding his wife and he's stopping you from finding your husband. And as an adult, I just don't believe that that is true. I believe that if I am called to get married and I have a husband out there that God has chosen for me, I believe I am going to find him regardless of what I'm doing. He might be in a relationship when we meet. I might be in a relationship that we meet and we're going to figure it out. We're going to navigate it. If we're supposed to be together, we will be together. But I don't think that the purpose of dating is to find a spouse. I think that the purpose of dating in many cases should be just to learn about yourself, learning how to, if you're straight, how to communicate with members of the opposite sex. And if you're not straight, then how to communicate with members of the same sex in a romantic setting, because that's very different than platonic relationships. Whatever your goal is, is of course going to change how you approach dating as a whole and how you approach each individual person. So I feel like when I was a high schooler with the goal of finding a husband, the guy that I ended up dating in high school had very rich parents because since they had so much money, they would frequently just give him a bunch of money. And then, you know, it was like we would go on dates and he'd be like, oh, I'll leave your wallet at home. Like, I'll take care of this, you know, because like my parents were like, you want to find someone that's like your dad that's going to take care of you. And people at church were like, you know, you want to find a husband. So I was like, oh, well, this guy has a bunch of money. Like he drives me everywhere. He always picks me up. He always pays. But it's like, He wasn't doing that. It was his mom's car and it was his dad's money. So that was a ridiculous way for me to be approaching dating as a teenager. This kid did not have a job. Everything was handed to him. And I had no idea what kind of husband or father he would be or how he planned to support a family. And I knew like what his goals and dreams were, but I didn't have the ability to see him step into any of those. So now that I'm not searching for a husband and I'm not necessarily interested in getting married at all, I am much more open to relationships ending in different ways. I am much more open to experiencing pain for what, which is another thing, like so many of us as young girls, we think that like, oh, well, once we find the one, then we're going to get married and then everything's going to be happily ever after because people don't make movies about what happens after that, which is also ridiculous. Like the idea that you would be in a relationship with somebody for 30, 40, 50 plus years and never have any problems. But that was part of like, I spent too much time like hanging on to people for too long. And so I feel like Now, when I am in dating relationships and the goal is not to make it last forever, I am able to be so much more present and to really live in the moment and just say like, this is now. I want to enjoy now. I am happy. You're happy. We're happy together. And that's great. And like, it might not end well it might not last long and that's okay because we're both gonna learn we're gonna grow we're gonna move on to bigger and better things did i seek out a man with the issues that this one has obviously not i'm not crazy okay well i am insane in many ways but (laughs) that is not something that i did i met him we became friends really and truly the whole thing happened by accident and i think it was It almost feels like another instance where God is 
proving to me that I can never say never because for most of my life I have very strongly believed romantic relationships don't grow later like I feel like they're there at the start or they're not there and I'm a person that like as soon as I meet a straight man like I know in the moment if I have the ability to fall in love with him and from then on like it's it's a choice it's like we get to a point where I'm like if I continue spending a significant amount of time with this man I'm going to fall in love with him or it does not matter how much time I spend with this man I will never love him that way and for so many years like I have a very close friend that like a lot of our mutual friends and like some of each of our family members like want us to get married and I just could not be less interested I can't even express it to you I think we would be terrible together and it would be awful and I just like do not want that in any way shape or form in any universe my mom and some some mutual friends of me in the sky have been all been saying to me over the years like oh you just just give it time like you never know like you could just wake up one day and see him in a different light and I'm like "Mm, don't think so like that has never happened to me I don't believe that that happens. That sounds ridiculous. But then of course, with the guy that I love now, I mean, I won't say that it was overnight. It was more gradual over time, but definitely like when I met him and probably the first two or three years that I knew him, I was not the slightest bit interested in dating him, like did not even find him attractive. And it was just over time, we became friends, we became closer friends, we got a lot closer. And then he just started to get really attractive. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) what do I do? But one of my favorite things about spending time with him is that both of us are incredibly honest and incredibly self-aware. So like we are having conversations about our feelings and what we want and we don't want every single time that we are together. So it's interesting because my friends that are like so concerned about he's going to hurt you and I don't want to see you get it hurt and when I went, I'm like, yeah, he's going to hurt me. I'm going to hurt him too. Like, <laughs> We are going to hurt each other because we have very strong feelings for each other and we don't want to be together. And we don't really know how to make a clean cut back to straight friendship for that to work well for us. But I'm really not afraid of being hurt. You know, there is this quote in the novel and the film, The Fault in Our Stars, um, written by John Green, where one of the characters says, we don't get to choose whether we get hurt in this life, but we do have some say in who hurts us. And it's one of my absolute favorite quotes because I think that it's it's so true. And it reminds me whenever I am in a relationship, it's like relationships come and go, love comes and goes. But if you are honest with yourself and the other person and if you grow even if it doesn't end well it doesn't have to be a tragedy like you don't have to look back on a relationship that didn't work out as a waste of time I hate when people say that like I wasted five years of my life with so-and-so it's like did you waste it though were you happy and you know one of the things like I can honestly say about this man is that like 
he's amazing. Like he is such a good and caring person. And I have never experienced somebody as emotionally mature and emotionally aware as he is. And he really, I mean, like as somebody that grew up in a family where I felt like I was constantly misunderstood and my parents and my sisters never really saw me and never really heard me and always thought that I was too much and I was so dramatic and my emotions were just too big for them. Like he's someone that accepts all of it and that is huge for me. And because of that in itself, like I am honored to be hurt by this man really and truly. I also want to note that like when you're concerned about the decisions that people in your life are making, there is a difference between somebody like actively walking into harm and something that like it's going to hurt, but they got to go through it. Right. So, and I told this friend of mine that I was having dinner with too, I told her, I was like, Hey, I hear your concern and I love that you love me and I appreciate everything that you're saying right now, but let's keep in mind that I'm very self-aware. So I would understand this like visceral reaction that you're having if I were saying like, I love that he's an addict and like every time we get together, like we're just high and strung out for days. And you know, like if that's what I was saying, (laughs) then yes, take me to a hospital immediately, you know? But it's like, that's not what I'm here for. (laughs) That is not what we're doing. I do not feel dragged to the underworld by him in any way, shape, or form. So since that is not the case, like, shut up and let me live my life. You know, people are going to make decisions that we don't agree with all the time. And for me, like, my job as your friend is to stop you from blindly walking into harm. If you look back at me and you say like, hey, I know this is a terrible decision, but I'm going to dive into it anyway. I'm going to be like, have fun. I'll be here to fish you out of the ocean when you need it. Because that is the type of friend that I am. And that is the type of friend that I want my friends to be. So kind of going into another story that's still in the thread of you know, relationships and things. I recently started watching Grey's Anatomy for the first time. So I'm like in the middle of season two. And last night I was watching the Actors on Actors interview that Variety does, the one between Katherine Heigl and Ellen Pompeo. And it was so interesting because they were talking about how Meredith Grey is the original pick me girl. And these two didn't know what a pick me girl is and their teenagers were explaining it to them. And they were like, oh, and Ellen Pompeo was telling this story about how she really, really fought to not do that speech. After Meredith finds out that McDreamy is married, there's like this scene where she does this speech where she's like, pick me, choose me, and essentially like begs him to choose her. And he doesn't. It's really sad. But, you know, Ellen was talking about how she really didn't want to do that because she was like, how? gross. Like I shouldn't be begging. Like nobody should be begging a man like this. And I, I loved learning that she hated it and didn't want to do it because when I was watching it, I was like, this is disgusting. I hate this. But it also went on to become one of the most iconic scenes in all 19 seasons of Grace. At the same time, like I have personally been there, like literally the last time that I was 
in a relationship, I, I like exact same thing as Meredith Grey. Like I was dating a man that I didn't know was married. And then after he told me he was married, I like went through all of the stages of grief, you know, like there was, um, there was depression, there was anger, like all the things. And then there was denial, um, where I was seriously was like begging and was like, was like, pick me, pick me. And I just like the most humiliating time of my life. But also that was my most epic love that I have had to date. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. I'm so grateful for the experience. I learned so much from that relationship and just from him as a person, from me as a human, we both grew so much as humans from knowing each other and for going through that. And I mean, I would like to never go through that again, please, Jesus, please. But I still am very grateful for the experience. And I bring up that whole thing because I currently know a girl who I feel like is being a pick me girl. And I'm super upset about her situation. She has been on and off with this guy for truly half her life now at this point. It's been like 15 years. This is the only man that she's ever loved, like only man that she's ever seriously dated. And she has been positive from the beginning that he is her person, but he has never been positive about her, which pisses me off. Just over the years, they've tried many times, haven't been able to make it work, ran into each other at an event earlier this year, and like they're really wanting to try again, but like, oops, turns out like his other ex-girlfriend now lives with him, and they've been together for the last year and a half or whatever, and so he is now deciding, does he want to move that girl out and try again with the other one or does he want to continue on the path that he's on and like my heart just breaks honestly for both girls because he's been ping-ponging between them for all of these years and I'm just over here like what is the appeal like what does this man have good lord I don't feel like any woman or man, any person, I don't feel like any person should ever be in a position where they're waiting for somebody to choose them like that or asking, you know, like, I feel like I want everyone on this earth to have the confidence and the self-worth to say, I am it or I'm out. I am not a choice. Like you're with me because I am the one. You're not with me because you had all of these options and you were like, hmm, maybe try this one, try that one. And then like, I'm the winner. Like that's, that's not how I want you. That's not how I want this, you know, but that's how I see it. That's not how she sees it. And I did not sit down with her and say, I think that you're an idiot. I think this is stupid because you know what? That's not helpful to her. Okay, the girl is in love and she's going to do what she's going to do. And I think that whether she ends up with him or not, she's going to get hurt because that's what happens when you have feelings for people. Like being in love with someone gives them the ability to hurt you. It's like if a stranger off the street walks up and insults you and walks away, 
you're going to be like, that was weird. That person seems crazy. But like if your mom or your best friend or your significant other says the same insult and means it, it's going to sting because it's like, well, you're supposed to love me. You're supposed to protect me and take care of me. So for me as a friend though, like my job is to be there for her. It's not to stop her from going through the experience. She has to experience it. She has to figure it out, you know, and maybe they're meant to be. I have no idea, but whether they're meant to be or not, I am going to be here as her friend regardless. I am going to pick up the pieces if it all crumbles and I'm going to celebrate if it all goes the way that she wants. That's how she's going to grow is going through it. That's really the idea that I want to hammer home in this episode today is that pain is where growth happens and it's about how you pick yourself up. It's about getting to the other side, not about not experiencing pain in the first place. I don't have a hard conversation of the week, but I kind of gave you two where I guess the hard conversation I had with my friend who's in the on again, off again thing was like me holding back my thoughts and feelings because they're irrelevant. Um, And then me honestly telling the girl who's upset about my situationship being like, thanks, but no thanks. And my TV recommendation of the week is Grey's Anatomy. I'm going to go through all 19 seasons. You should join me. Let's have a good time. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you would like, please leave me a rating and a review. I would really appreciate it. Um, If you want to talk to me directly about anything, you want to give me more opinions about how you hate my romantic choices, um, you can find me on social media or you can email me at realhonestpod at gmail.com. Have an awesome week and see you guys next Wednesday. I'm not here to sugarcoat life's already a bumpy road Too much shelter causes pain, let's just be real honest Things are gonna knock you down, avoidance will not help you Well, let's talk it through here, me and you Let's keep it real honest